you, Lord. Come on, let's give the Lord a hearty clap of praise tonight. He's worthy of our praise and our glory. Oh, God, we honor you tonight. Oh, God, thank you for your presence in this place. Oh, God, oh, Lord, we want to worship you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and body. Amen. All the days of our life. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you all for your help tonight. You may be seated. Good to see you all. Anybody have an interesting day today? Interesting day, huh? Man, I had to go to Tomball early this morning. My Mustang, uh, I've driven it for a long time and hadn't had any problem, but here lately people like running into it. So I kind of forgot you don't park it where everybody else parks, you park it far enough away. So I'm working on learning that. It takes me a long time to get it through my thick skull. And then uh, rushing all the way back here and then going all the way to Conroe. And then I had to go back to Tomball later this afternoon today and pouring down rain. So it's been an exciting day. Uh, but I do want to thank you all for being here tonight on behalf of Pastor and myself. Um, he's been here working for several days, many days. And I want to honor Pastor Whitaker and Sister Whitaker tonight. I've had seven pastors. I loved every one of them, but Pastor Whitaker is my favorite. Praise the Lord. All right. If you would, I want us to stand tonight, and we want to pray. I want to pray specifically for our pastor and his wife tonight. And I know she's doing her part in the back, but could some of you men come up and just pray for Pastor Whitaker? Amen. I just feel led to do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's lay hands on them and, and let them know how much we love and appreciate them. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our pastor. We thank you for Sister Sally. We thank you for Brother David Whitaker. Lord God, what a blessing they have been, not only to myself, but everyone in this building. Lord, and all those that have come over the years and all the work that they put into this place and continue to keep it up, oh God, I just ask you to give them a double portion of your blessing, of your anointing, God. I thank you for we have good, strong men and women that come and they support our pastor and his wife because I know that my own self, I would not have made it had it not been for a pastor. And I thank you tonight, Lord, for their sacrifice, oh God, and I ask you to bless them. Lord God, I ask you to strengthen them tonight, God. I ask you to keep them safe, oh God, from all harm and danger. Touch your children, their grandchildren, all of their family members, their extended family, Lord. I mean, neighbors, oh God, and those that they have uh, influenced so well for so many years, God. We just want to give you glory and praise for our pastor and his wife tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. Thank you, Lord. Something that I've been studying here recently, and I looked it up, and you, you may be seated. It has to do with offenses. I believe that my study has shown that there's about 76 different references to offenses in the Bible. 
Now, I don't know about you when you were young. Uh, anybody, when you were young, did you happen to have somebody in your life that just wreaked havoc on you? It might have been a parent or a, a kinfolk or a brother or sister, but uh, maybe it was somebody at your school. I remember walking to school. Uh, we lived on the same block as our elementary school. And, uh, man, there was a bully waiting on me every week, every day, Pastor, going out on the playground. And uh, so, I don't know, there's just a lot of people that, if you're not taught about how to deal with offense and how to deal with, uh, the topic tonight has to do with unbelief, but it ties in with being offended. And if I don't know how your childhood was, but uh, my parents, they uh, were alcoholics, and, and they fought a lot, and so I grew up. Uh, watching a lot of things that most children shouldn't have to watch. And, uh, it, you know, here's the key to me. We can let something make us stronger or we can let it destroy us. And I'm, I'm thankful to the Lord that even in spite of all of that, amen, we can overcome it. We can rise above it. And I believe that one praying family member can make a difference in all the ungodly family members in an entire generation. Praise the Lord. I had a grandma and a grandpa that knew how to pray. And I, if it wasn't for her, Pastor, sitting me on her lap as a little boy and, and reading Scripture to me, I just don't know what would have happened. But I believe my grandmother planted some seeds, and uh, I want to I give God praise for that tonight. And if you 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 have children or grandchildren, keep planting those seeds in their heart because they grow. Seeds grow when they're God seeds, amen. And uh, for that, Jonah and Juby, they're coming up. They're doing great. Uh, that boy knows how to pray at five years old. Praise the Lord. And I know all of you have people in your life that are looking up to you. And I want to give God praise for each and every one of you because if if we're not careful. We will allow offenses to come. And the enemy would love to come in here in any church and find some type of division. But I'm thankful tonight that I'm at a church that we have a pastor that keeps a good eye on people. Amen. He keeps a good eye on us. Amen. He deals with things if they need to be dealt with. I don't know uh, if I think I mentioned it before, but when my wife and I first came, uh, I had some issues. And uh, so by the grace of God, pastor sat me down and talked to me straight about some things and I said thank you pastor that's what I need to hear I needed somebody in my life that would tell me the truth not what I wanted to hear but what did I need to hear amen and because of that I believe that's one reason I'm still here today I wasn't wanting to backslide I didn't want to do that but I've been hurt by people so I want to help you tonight uh, about there's a big to me there's a big um, tie-in between uh, disbelief or unbelief and offenses because the Bible said there's over 76 references to offenses and Jesus said offenses will come. Now in kindergarten I had a speech impediment because I was very hard of hearing and I wore hearing aids and back then they made them really really big and I had gray teeth because of lack of enamel on my teeth and I, so every day in the, in the playground, I had these kids lined up to bully. And my dad was the kind of guy, he said, don't take that off of nobody. And I said, Dad, I don't want to hurt nobody. I don't want to get in a fight. 
and he said, well, you know what? The most bullies are cowards. If they think you're going to run from them, they, they feel strong. But if you turn around and, and smack them right in the nose, uh, they'll leave you alone. Well, I didn't want to do that. I didn't have that kind of heart. But I finally got tired enough of it one day. This kid was always waiting on me on the way to school, and I tried to outrun him, and he was always faster than me. And he'd shove me down, and he'd sit on me, and he'd punch on me. And finally one day I just got, I had enough. I said, you know what, I'm going to take care of this. So I walked right up to him, and I hit him right smack in the nose. Boom! His nose started bleeding, and he cried and ran off. And that was the last time not only him but anybody else would mess with me. Now, listen, we've got to be able to give the devil a black eye. We've got to be able to stand up against the enemy of our soul. Amen. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. So tonight I want to say to uh, all of you that I'm not going to tell you that I've not had problems with being offended because I have throughout my lifetime. But it had more to do with my insecurity about who I was than about any other person in my life. So I want to share with you tonight the five rules of disbelief or misbelief. Now, those two words are kind of strange to me. You know, we, we can have disbelief or misbelief. We can misbelieve something and not know that we're wrong about it. And I, I've had that happen where I've said something, somebody said, there's no truth to that. And I'm like, well, how do you know? Who made you the, 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 uh, the boss about it? And then they would show me the evidence, and I would say, you know what? You're right. So as a new convert in church, I, I came in knowing very little, and so I had to learn a lot of things, and I had to learn them quickly. And you don't go into the church and act the way I did out in the world. The good news is when I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, uh, the second time I visited that church, uh, that is when everything began to change. God took out that heart of stone, and he put in that heart of love. Amen? And, and walking around and, and watching the church people, I didn't do it in a way that was judging. I wanted to learn how to live for God. And I had some good examples, and I had some not-so-good examples. Praise God. But I can tell you that I was just easily offended and uh, felt so bad about who I was. And I had to learn that just because somebody looks at you with a frown on their face doesn't mean they're even thinking about you. And I, I've seen it. I was at Starbucks one time, and I'm sitting there, and there's this guy looking at me like this. And I'm like, I'm like, what are you, I'm thinking, what are you looking at? I said, hey, everything okay? And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I, I just realized I didn't take out my garbage today. And that was a lesson that I had that I realized, hey, I let that be an offense to me for no particular reason. It was just something I made up in my own mind. So tonight I want to talk to you about the five rules of disbelief, misbelief, and unbelief. Everybody say unbelief. And well, hopefully I'll wrap it up with something to teach you about unbelief. The first rule of misbelief or disbelief is found in Proverbs 6 and 19. You get that up there for us. Sorry about the sniffles here. All right, Proverbs 6 and 19. A false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among his brethren. And I, I would suggest all of us here have had somebody speak a lie against us sometimes in our life. Or there's people in our family, I remember in our family, they love to sow discord. All the time, they was always sowing discord all the time. 
And that was their way of receiving attention. But it was negative attention. And so I had to, I, you know, my mom would call and say, hey, your brother, uh, she would call my brother and say, Brother Anthony said that you're an idiot. And my brother would say, oh, I heard you called me an idiot. And I'm like, well, why don't you ask me if I called you an idiot? And it, and it was just constant all the time, especially after I got in church. You know, when you get in church and you're the first one out of your family living for God, uh, sometimes they, they, it makes them feel conviction. That it's not anything that, that you're studying or doing. It's just the fact that you've decided to live for the Lord and they haven't. So there's times when we're going to be have people come against us, and they're going to try to to uh, hurt us because of our stand for God. But I got to tell you that just okay. So rule number one is just because someone says something negative about you does not mean it's true. All right. So somebody comes up and says something that so and so said such and such. I remember uh, I would just believe it. Man, I'd go right straight to that person. I'd say, well, what are you doing talking bad about me? And they'd say, well, I never said anything bad about you. And I'm like, yes, you did. And I'd say, well, who told you that? And they'd say, who told you that? And I'd say, so-and-so. And I'd say, well, let's go. They'd say, let's go talk to them about it. Well, guess what? They always said, well, I was just kidding. But, boy, they could have me stirred up in a heartbeat. And my low self-esteem and my low self-confidence would rise up, you know, would rear up. And I would be so mad and so upset. So, listen, if you're doing anything right for God, the enemy is not going to just sit idly by and say, good job as you go by. The enemy is always going to try to find somebody to find a way to offend you. One of the ways that I... Uh, my my old grandmother, man. Now she was she was as apostolic as you can get. She, I I accused her of being the part of the original people in the upper room, Pastor. And I remember when my wife and I decided to get married. I told you last time. I said, "Hey, me and Sister Rogers are going to get married," and she said, "You're not mature enough to get married." And I'm thinking, "Oh man, I uh, that was to me that was an offense." But what my grandmother did is she told me the truth. And it helped me realize, not don't get upset with her for saying something that she saw in me that I did not. And see, this is the role, I, I believe, of pastors. Pastors sometimes are misunderstood because pastors can see things from here from a spiritual perspective that the, the average saint doesn't see. I know because I've been on both sides of that line. I was, uh, I, I said, I was not a pastor for many years, and uh, I would sit there and I would think about things and I would get upset or I would get offended and it was just a constant battle all the time. But so the first rule is just because somebody says something negative about you doesn't mean it's true. What I had to learn how to do is say, is there truth in what they're saying about me? And if it's true, I don't need to get upset with them. I need to thank them for saying to me what they needed to say because nobody else would. I said, you know what, you're right, thank you so much, I need to work on that, please keep me posted on how I'm doing. Now that takes some God to do that, doesn't it? When you come in out of the world, man, we used to go to the bars and every time somebody looked at you cross-eyed, you'd want to knock them out because you thought, well, what are you looking at, you know, and here we go, we're, we're duking it out and falling all over the floor and knocking chairs over and they may not have thought a thing bad about you. 
But when we live in a world like that that is not governed by the word of God, uh, we can be so easily offended. But let me say to you that in the church, I, I, I have pastors that have told me some things I didn't really want to hear. But because they told me, even though I might have felt that little rise up in me, I always took it home and I prayed. I said, okay, God, they felt. And let me tell you something. If a pastor comes up and says something to you that he feels like would be beneficial for your well-being spiritually, I, I suggest you give him a big old thank you, pastor. I needed that. Even if you don't necessarily agree or see it at that moment, because then you go home and you pray and you say, okay, Lord, I believe my pastor loves me. I believe my pastor believes in me. I be, believe my pastor wants what's best. And so I've had some really great pastors that uh, they had to deal with me, and I, I'm a lot to deal with. But I'm thankful that I was able to not go away from the church because that's what a lot of people do. They want to just leave. Well, I got to tell you, I've never been any, I haven't been offended in the church near like I was out in the world. Praise the Lord. If the, the worst thing that might happen in a church is the very is incredibly great compared to what I had to deal with out in the world before I got in church. So that's why we have to be particular about our response to what people say. Is it true? Is it not? If it's true, I just take it to the Lord. Say, Lord, help me with that. And then I still love my pastor. Praise the Lord. Because a pastor that will say something that might jeopardize the relationship means they really care. I respect anybody that can come up and tell me something straight that I need to hear. I respect that. Now, I didn't always, but I'm thankful tonight that I do. And I encourage you to realize that a pastor sees things that we can't see. And so I'm thankful for Pastor Whitaker. He has been a blessing to me. The second rule of misbelief or disbelief is when you are offended by somebody else, Proverbs 6 and 34. Let's take a look at that scripture, Proverbs 6 and 34. Now, this is a big one, isn't it? For jealousy is the rage of a man. Therefore, he will not spare in the day of vengeance. Jealousy is as a sin of witchcraft, another place says. And being, you know, I don't know how you were. You might have felt so good about yourself. You feel like you were all that in a bag of chips and Nobody could steal your girlfriend, and nobody could come along and, and uh, take somebody that you liked away from you. And, man, I, I lost more girlfriends by being jealous of them talking to another guy. Why? Because I had such low self-esteem. I had low self-confidence, and I didn't feel good about who I was. So, man, I'm trying to avoid this, this poor girl, and all she wanted to do is uh, say hi to her first cousin. And I'm thinking he's here to take her away. And I, I mean, it, it was really a hard life. And so let me tell you, when you get into the church, don't let anybody or anything in, be offensive to you. Amen? Because this is the safest place I've ever been in my life for the last 45 years, and that's in the church. Amen? I, the worst day in the church is better than all the best days combined out in the world. Praise the Lord. Because I, got no, I know I got people that love me, that pray for me, that care about me, that will help me if I ask. And I'm thankful for each and every one of you. Because seven pastors over seven churches over 45 years, I've had pastors come and talk to me about things. And they didn't always say it diplomatically. Sometimes they just let it out. 
and I felt like I'd been blasted, and then I'd lick my wounds, and I'd go home and pout, because then the Holy Ghost would say, hey, they're right. Okay, so I go back, Pastor, thank you so much. i got to be honest with you. I wasn't real happy when you told me, but I feel better about it now. Thank you for being a man and telling me the truth. Praise the Lord. That's how I, I, I got through that. The third rule uh, of misbelief or disbelief is our perception. Now, we don't have a scripture for this one, but I'm going to show something to you. Just eyeball it. You don't have to show anything. I'm going to just show this to you. I don't know if you can see it. Okay. You see this? I want to be just like Mama. All right? You got it? Okay. Brother AJ? You see it? Y'all see it? Brother Andrew, sister, have you seen this? She said, when I grow up, I want to be just like Mama. Sister Lena said, oh, boy, check that out. All right, you know what's on here, right? All right. Now, I'm going to tell you, I, I use this quite often. You need to see it. All right, I'm going to let you see it. Because when I grow up, I want to be like Mama. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Do you see it, sister? How about you guys? How about you, brother? Sister, y'all see this? Everybody's chuckling, right? So this girl drew this at her school, and her teacher saw it, and they took her down to the principal's office and called the counselor, and the counselor called the mom down, and they said, hey, we're concerned about how you're teaching your daughter about life, and this is grown-up stuff. And, and she shouldn't even know about this. And, boy, they were letting her have it. She started laughing uproariously. And they said, what's so funny? She said, I work for Home Depot, and we've had a snowstorm, and that was the last snow shovel that we had on the shelf, and everybody was trying to give me money to give, let them buy it instead of the other person. And, and that had nothing to do with what it looks like. Now, that's a big problem, isn't it? That's a big problem. How many times have you been misunderstood? Anybody raise your hand? You've been misunderstood? Well, how easy is it that we look at something and we misjudge it? That's why I believe we're not supposed to judge. It said, judge not lest thou be judged, for in whatever measure you meet it out, it shall be meted back to you. And I'm telling you, we get so angry when somebody misjudges us, don't we? And we get an attitude, and we get a spirit, most of us. Y'all might not, but I did. I didn't like being told something like that, and I thought, well, who are you to tell me? Let me tell you something. This right here is something we all have to remember. We're not here to judge. We're here to love. We're here to say, hey, if this is true, if this is what this is about. Now, I'll never look at another picture again the same, Pastor. I'm going to say, Lord, you reveal to me what this is, amen, before I decide. So that's like the third rule of misbelief is our perception about people, places, and things are so often wrong. 
And you might say, well, why are you telling us this? We know all this. Well, because I know people who still deal, deal with this. And this is the way that the enemy tries to come in and drive a wedge between you and God or between you and your pastor, or between you and your Sunday school teacher, or between you and your spouse. And it's just the trick of the devil to try to get us to believe something that we haven't even verified whether it's true or not. So pastors have taught me, give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't think that they've got your worst interest in mind. They've got your best interest in mind. Amen? Praise the Lord. When was the last time you said to pastor, pastor, Preach hard to me. I need to hear it. Pastor, tell me like it is. Pastor, if you see something in me that I need to work on, please come and let me know. Now, that makes a pastor nervous sometimes. You have a pastor, hey, I need to talk to you. <gasps> what did I do? Well, I just need to talk to you. Yeah, but, but, but what is it? Uh, we'll talk about it later. See, I see pastors do that. You know why they do that? Because they want to make the, the saints, I believe this, this is my theory, could be wrong. They want them to be so nervous about what it might be that when the pastor actually does talk to them about it, they're like, oh, is that all it was? Okay, no big deal. How many of you would do that? If your boss comes to you and says, I need to talk to you later privately, or, or maybe someone in your family, you're not, you're not sure about it, right? Amen? So what I'm saying is we got to let ourselves be able to, to uh, react to things the proper way. So the fourth rule, James chapter 1 and verse 19, praise the Lord, James chapter 1 and 19. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear. Everybody say swift to hear. Slow to speak. Slow to wrath got me again. How many times that we don't listen to what's being said? Now, you think you got problems. I got hearing issues. And pastor, I heard what you said the other day when he was following me in the office. He said, you can't hear anything. And I said, I heard that. <laughs> he said, praise the Lord. It's so funny. It's so funny. But you know what? He would never say anything to offend me, ever. And he, I said, you're right, Pastor. Pray for me because it, sure it sure is a problem. But, you know, when we do, when we speak truth to people in love, it's easier for us to receive it. And I had, uh, like my old grandma, bless her heart, she was from the old, old days. And, buddy, when she said, you know, you're too immature to be married, that was like a dagger to my heart. She was my hero, my apostolic hero. And then I got offended, and I said, what does she know? I'm 19. What does a 76-year-old woman who's lived for God all her whole life know? And you know what? I went back to her, and I said, Grandma, I got mad at you, but I'm sorry. Because you're right, I'm not. I'm not mature enough to get married. Would you help me learn how to get that way before my wedding day so I'd be a better husband and a better saint and a better Christian? Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's give a hand clap to those of us, those who have coached us and helped us throughout our lifetime. Amen. I needed a, a sister Kane that came and talked to me straight. I needed pastors that came and talked to me straight. 
praise the Lord. And sometimes it would hurt my feelings. But it always, always, because I was honest with myself, I realized they were right. They did not say that to hurt me. Praise the Lord. All right. So last but not least is the fifth rule of misbelief or disbelief. Matthew chapter 6, 14 and 15. It says, we have to forgive others even if they do not apologize to us. This is what we're talking about. These are the rules. Uh, someone says something about us or someone, uh, whatever, if we get offended, we have to have the right response back. It says, for if you forgive me and their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Praise your Lord. Is, is there more to it? Okay, that's it. All right. We have to forgive others even if they do not apologize. I remember um, when I was a kid, I was watching Happy Days. And uh, Fonzie made a mistake. And he had to admit that he was wrong. And he had to go tell it to Richie. Anybody remember Happy Days? Fonzie was cool, man. He never made a mistake, right? And every time he'd go up to Richie to try to say I was wrong, he couldn't say wrong. His mouth would go, I was, I, I was, and he'd like, well, what is it? What are you trying to say? And he, his pride was keeping him from being able to admit he was wrong. And finally it came out, I was wrong. Of course, everything smoothed over and everything was right. Listen, the quicker we can say I was wrong when we're wrong, the better off we're going to be, Amen. The quicker that we can look at our spouse and say, honey, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have talked that way. I shouldn't have, whatever it is. Man, we've got to get with it, folks, because there's an enemy of our soul that has to kill, steal, and destroy. And I'm thankful tonight that we have people in our church that we know how to follow the right rules here so that when we have those thoughts in our mind that are not of God, we can turn them around and turn it into godly thoughts. Amen. And take responsibility for us. I'm thankful for pastors who have helped me to do better. Let's stand tonight. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for the, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength. Lord, I believe that we're, I'm standing here and among people who genuinely, truly love you. I believe they love the church. They love the pastors. Lord, I thank you for all that you do for us. I thank you for the times that you've forgiven us. Lord, even when we didn't even ask for it. Oh, God, I thank you for our pastors that will come to us and talk to us in love and, and help us to understand that this is the way. Walk ye in it, Lord. I'm thankful, God, that we have shepherds and under-shepherds that come and they say, hey, I need to talk to you about something. And they don't want to offend us, Lord. They want to be helpful to us. And I'm thankful for all my seven pastors over the years, God, that had to put up with me. And I guarantee you it was a job. But, Lord, we're still in the fight. We're still in the church. We're still trying to do what's right. Come on, let's give the Lord a wave offering. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us, oh, God, keeping your hand upon us, Lord. Thank you for giving us pastors that love us, Lord. Uh, thank you.